What oh, you, you know, I'm just going to ask you about Bucky. You can tell me about Bucky again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bucky, like I said, Bucky's absolutely fine. Bless him. He's uh, on him. the road to recovery after I poisoned him for not getting the drive to survive. The drive to survive? Not getting the podium <laughs> right. Not not predicting the winners in Australia. <laughs> uh, mate, maybe it was a time difference. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Or maybe he predicted the wrong year. Well, yeah, who knows? The wrong race. Yeah. could still get that podium. He could do. Um, but uh, one thing Lance Stroll can't get is an appearance on the 107 podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'm getting Lance. You're very, very welcome. Um, I'd love to have Lance on. Oh, yes, that'd be uh, genuinely brilliant. Like, yeah. yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> anyway, because he's actually a good racer and he gets a lot of shit because he's a rich, from a rich family. Because of daddy's money, essentially. Yeah. But, but I mean, I ask anyone that's into Formula One if you're in his position, would you do it? Oh, it's not even a question. Uh, it's I also know. very interesting, obviously. Like Lance Stroll, you know, he he's been around the sport for years, and so has Lando Norris. And Lando Norris's Lando Norris's Lando Norris's dad is also pretty well off as well. And I remember like a story coming out of him years ago. He was the only one in his like junior category that had a personal chef. So it's it's there's quite a few drivers that are like you know quite well off and that I have got into the sport. So the only ones that I know that really came from humble beginnings mm. is Lewis and Esteban. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't know about, and the rest have some form of sponsorship and stuff like that, and maybe Fernando probably a little bit, but I know he brings a lot of sponsors as well. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, Lance, if you're listening, my second chance, you're yeah. welcome to come on the podcast. You're, welcome. you're officially invited, but only yeah. if uh, you come for episode. What's the driving number? Eighteen. Uh, what is Lance Stroll's number? That's it's, it's eighteen. Well, you, right? You're invited, Lance, but we don't know your race number. No, he's only invited for episode eighteen, or he's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's number eighteen, right? Uh, or am I going mental? I'm trying to find a picture now. Yeah, he's not 18. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so Lance, you're invited on for episode 18, specifically. Boom. Got it. Um, Fernando's allowed whenever, but I mean, you're... <laughs> it would have to be uh, 14 for Fernando. Yeah, exactly, which is uh, coming up soon. Or episode 33. I was literally going to say 33. We missed Max. <laughs> you got number one. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, oh, no, Max will be 33, though. Max would be 33. Yeah, true. Yeah. We could have Max and uh, Alonso on the same pod. I mean, you know what? They're practically the same person. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Do you know who cool. genuinely I think would make it like if you, if you had to pick two Formula One drivers to come on the pod at the same time, I'm I'm probably actually going to go with um, Fernando and Carlos. Fernando and Carlos. Now, I I would say Fernando and Max because I, I just think they view racing in a completely different way. Mm, so yeah, I guess they're, so. They're just obsessed with with racing. Mm. Um, unhealthily <laughs> well yeah apparently yeah i saw yeah. i saw in a a recent like like response to i think it was somebody's question i think it was crofty or something like that like what do you do for your like relaxation and downtime and stuff like that and max was like sim racing because it means i'm always ready and i'm like that's yeah, not that, that was the <laughs> david coulthard interview coulthard sorry yes yeah it's like you know what do you do away from the track race race yeah <laughs> like, that's so actually Fernando, what did you do when you're away from formula one i raced yeah <laughs> I think um, obviously we have uh, today's topic, which is going to be drive to survive. Um, but we do actually have the Max Verstappen um, documentary to to go through. I don't know whether or not you have access to it in the UK. I'm sure there are ways to access it because mm. it's, it's an RTL or something, and it's in, and I've seen a few clips come out via play, uh, via play for me play. in in Denmark yeah, and yeah. also obviously it. like Netherlands and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a bit difficult but, in the UK, but I'll try yeah. and see. But yeah, because there's a few clips coming out, and I think the mm. Ferrari strategy one. Mm, yeah, <laughs> just brilliant. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Max Verstappen essentially took the mick out of the Ferrari strategy, which is just just brilliant because he's saying what everyone's thinking. It's just yeah. it just is funny. Um, but yeah, so today we're here to talk about Drive to Survive. We will probably cover the Max Verstappen documentary. I think it's episodic and it's being released like two episodes every week or something like that. So mm. maybe we'll cover it once it's fully out. But today, there are a few documentaries. Fernando has a documentary. We should just uh, review the documentaries and stuff like yeah, that, like Fernando, as we go on. Fernando's two, actually. Does, so. does, does Lewis have one? So, rumors are mm. Lewis is doing something with Netflix. Ooh, that could be interesting. 
Yeah, the, the rumors where I don't know if they're going to follow him for a season or something like that, but there are mm. rumors and murmurings that he's kind of doing his own documentary thing. That would be pretty interesting, to be fair. Um, I think it'll probably, I think if any time they're going to do it, now would be a good time because obviously he's helping out with the filming of the Formula One film with Brad Pitt and Damson Idris. Mm. Um, so just probably following him, meeting Brad Pitt and talking about that could, could be quite interesting. So. Yeah, rumours are swirling that he's doing something possibly with, with Netflix. Should be pretty interesting, to be completely honest. Yeah, because, you know, we know Netflix and Drive to Survive is a hive of accuracy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so so speaking of a hive of accuracy, so obviously Drive to Survive is, is essentially a very dramatised version of events for Formula One, um, essentially. And even then, it doesn't even cover half of the drama, which is insane when you think about it. Um, but so we we're now into the fifth season of Drive to Survive, so it's been around for quite a while. What are your sort of generic, sort of general thoughts around the series, like what it's done for the sport and all that fun stuff, and whether or not you think it should even continue? Um, yeah, so I uh, like yourself joined the sport way before Drive to Survive, so it's been interesting to see the amount of press and promotion and exposure it's got so it's good in that it's given the sport a lot of exposure it's brought mm. in a lot of fans um i do feel sorry for you know these drive to survive fans you know that have been labeled that that they're only there for certain reasons because they watch drive to survive and they don't know the sport i think you shouldn't really gatekeep anything no um but two things um just to summarize i don't like the over dramatization and narratives and storylines that they tried to sell, um, you know, with using fake team radios and yeah. camera angles, and it's like it's not needed. That that, that I think that's the annoying thing is, reason second second point is that it's not needed. There's so much drama in the season, and Formula One is one of those rare sports where, despite all the PR stuff and the interviews that they do, you don't really get a look behind the scenes because it's super secretive. And I thought Drive to Survive could allow viewers into like you know this is how we build the card this is how drivers race yeah. this is what a whole weekend looks like this is all the contract negotiations and things like that stuff that we <clears> don't <throat> see and they just gloss over it to show you know fake team radios and fake like carlos and lando's fake rivalry was that season four or season three, so season three everyone think, yeah even even if you're a drive to survive fan and you watch the races all the pr stuff that mclaren was putting out it's like these guys are best friends and you know playing golf together and stuff. Like, they literally played golf together like two weeks ago. Like they're yeah. still best friends. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's like, and that's what's annoying about Drive to Survive is like, and maybe the teams like, look, we don't want to show too much and we want to be super controlled. And the FIA mm. or OM is like, you know, paint us in this light. We want to show this. And maybe Netflix have their hands tied. But like it's like Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. You know that that in itself is like three episodes, right? And yeah, it's it it's, over it. it's also oh. like at the end of the season, Sebastian Vettel, a four-time world champion, arguably one of the greatest of all time, retired, and he didn't even get a single mention. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton in the in this in the previous season in season four, no, yes four, when Lewis Hamilton won his seventh title. Um, it was very interesting how that was covered by about two minutes at the end of the last episode. Yeah, like like it. it the pacing for for me is completely off. The topics are completely off, and I understand yeah. that it's you know, initially the first one or two seasons, it's to get people into Formula One to maybe create yeah. a bit of drama and stuff like that. But this we're going into, and I know that they are recording right now the sixth season of Drive to Survive. We don't need this entry level schoolyard bullshit, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you can cover the more interesting topics. And for the love of God, stop jumping around in timelines because it is not helpful whatsoever. Um, like, I understand that the typical audience for Drive to Survive is American and they can only understand one thing at a time. However, I'm pretty sure they can understand two different things happening at the same time or how the flow of time works. Like, yeah. please just give up. Just just yeah. do normal episode. Just do like 
rounds one to five, rounds five to ten. Just do episodes like that, and then like it would be so much better. It just would be. Like it's yeah. not difficult. Yeah, I I, I, tell, I totally get it, and yeah, the jumping around is, is very strange. But you know, even like Max called out himself, so I'm not going to go on to Drive to Survive because you don't paint an accurate picture mm. of, of you know, and and then that kind of makes drivers, team principals, hesitants, like, I don't want to be myself because they're going to take something out of context and stuff. Like, it could go really well, like the way of Gunther, or it could go the complete opposite, like the way of Lando and, and Carlos. Yeah. And then you could just be completely ignored. Maybe, and maybe Sebastian wanted it. But honestly, the best episode I thought was Germany 2019. I think it was yes. Where they went behind the scenes of Mercedes when they had, like, the new livery and stuff. It's like, like, yeah, we've decided on the new livery and this is what we're doing. And they shared a little bit of the debrief with Lewis talking to Toto. It's like, I don't know mm. what the fuck happened. And it kind of humanized Lewis, it humanized the team. And mm. I thought, right, that's interesting because this is a guy who wins consistent, consistently, wins regularly, and still after like a bad race, it's like, shit, man, what the fuck happened? You know? And that's the kind of stuff that's like, I can now connect with Lewis. I can now connect with that team. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, what's being shown. It's like, this mm. is not, especially for us, because we've come from the pre- drive to survive kind of explosion yeah it's like this this is not right this is a yes it's entertainment and it's it's a sport this is not and um, this is not reality tv and that's what they've painted it as a reality TV. but they've done a really bad job of painting it as reality tv if that's what it's supposed to be it's well, like a mid they, between they to everything they yeah. tried to grip it and it's like, oh, this is be good. And like we've said this on every podcast, the amount of drama that happens. Mm. Like the most interesting part for me for season five was Otmar, Oscar Piastri, oh, God. and Zach Brown. And they they barely scratch the surface with Yeah. Them. Yeah. So I mean, we've been hammering Drive to Survive. What positives have you seen from from Drive to Survive? I liked seeing how uh Otmar how good Otmar is at speaking multiple languages. <laughs> they painted up mars as like bumbling this like bumbling fun. idiot it's quite funny it I'm just like, is funny however you paint him the guy heads up a formula one team yeah. he's not a bumbling no, idiot. no 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 of course he knows not. exactly and remember when they painted uh and i don't know this could be lawrence stroll was like the, the bad big bad movie. yeah like you boss know? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, is he really like that? I know you kind of have to be ruthless in his position, but is he really like that? Kind of I, I have a fa- funny feeling that, obviously this is slightly off topic, I have a funny feeling that Mr. Stroll can turn it on when he needs to. You I, don't get I, to his position by being a softy, but I took don't the words think out of my mouth. he's as bad as people make him out to be because he genuinely, he loves racing. Yeah. Like he, he's, in, he's in Formula 1. Obviously, he wants Aston Martin to be successful. But he's in Formula One to win, yeah, and he's in Formula One because he has a passion for the sport. I think that there were there were rumors um, throw, being thrown around last season that he was apparently very very angry that Aston Martin that Aston Martin car was awful at the beginning of the season, like yeah. to the point where he was shouting at engineers. I think those were some of the rumors, allegedly some of the rumors. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I think he can turn it on, but he knows when to turn it on and with the right people. You do not be as successful as Mister Stroll. Yeah. And and like not be able to control yourself and know how to deal with the right people at the right time. Like yeah. for example, shouting at you, Ash, might get you to work a million times better. But shouting at me is the complete opposite way to do it. So it, it's different. <laughs> yeah, different strokes for different folks, right? So I think that I think that yeah. But like to paint him in that light, it was just yeah. it was just very strange. Um, yeah. especially because you see him laughing and smiling with the grid on the grid with Toto, like yeah. Also, his his son is in the team, right? Mm. And the last thing you want to do is make it difficult for your son. Yeah, it's like, oh, we can't tell Lance the truth because you know Lawrence will go mad at us and say, you know, we saw that relationship a little bit with Nikita and what was his father's name? The, but the Mazepin, the right? Russian man. Yeah, yeah. I've no idea, the, Mister Mister Mazepin, Mister Mazepin. So. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot which Drive to Survive misses. Um, like, what would you... So, you're Netflix. You're doing season six. You've received feedback from two idiots on a podcast with zero subscribers. Hey, we have seven. Thank you. Last time I checked, we have seven. And <laughs> two of those, I think, is me. I think I'm one as well. 
Because I think I'm subscribed on Apple Podcasts and then on Spotify. <laughs> Listen, you've got to be your own fan. We do. Yeah, we have to start somewhere, right? right? Yeah, like, Mr. McQuillan, season six, you've got free creative control. What are you doing with Drive to Survive? What are you showing? Assuming everything is, is you know, FIA and teams are like, yep, yeah, you can interview us and you can go behind the scenes of everything. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to single out a particular driver, somebody who is likable, somebody okay. who is um, like humble enough that people can you can be on the same side as him, right? Someone yeah. like Yuki Tsunoda. Um, and you literally follow him through testing and the lead up to the first race. So that what it does is it shows the effort and the training and stuff that you actually go through as a as a Formula One driver. It goes through all of the like like the meetings and stuff like that, and it explains everything to show you just how much effort these guys actually go through. Um, like there's obviously that famous meme where Carlos Sainz is like, people don't realize how difficult it is to be a Formula One driver. Like we don't have it easy, and Charles is like, no mate, we have it easy. Like this is <laughs> like that meme. I think it would be <laughs> it would be very interesting to see like. Um, to see like one of the drivers and again I'm taking Yuki as an example and to go through like like almost get him to like debrief after each session in the car like explain like and almost talk to the camera and break that third wall in those in that sort of um, in that way rather than like sitting down in a chair like they do all the time and they like randomly cut to Christian Horner or something like that and Christian's like well we spent eight million dollars over the budget on chicken wings or whatever and it's like no yeah. we, we could just we want to hear the roar of the the sport that's what we're here for and follow that through like because it will give it will give everyone an idea as to sacrifice and the work and the ramping up that all of these drivers do into the new season um and i just think that would be a, a, a bit of an interesting take because we've all seen like oh everyone's back and now oh look at all the fancy cars and the grids blah 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 like great but at the same time like just dial it down a little bit and be a bit more raw with it and then essentially like i said every episode would be like if we've got 10 episodes and there are 23 races this year yep 23 so you'd make it like two to three races per episode obviously if the first episode is all about the build-up and lead-up or whatever then it might have to be three again i can't do maths but essentially you would you would make that all like a couple of a couple of episodes and then you'd have the storylines flow through the entire season like you would yep. do any other normal tv show <laughs> like it, it just just make it make sense um and to 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 be completely honest, you you need to stop making shit up. Because yeah, I think that, like that's for great. example, when, when we were just coming into the podcast and we were like, Oh, we should we should talk about Max's thing and then I'm like, Oh no, why are we bothering to, to cover Drive to Survive? Because we have the whole Massa Hamilton drama and Massa apparently trying to legally have that title like overturned or the season's or whatever it is that Massa's trying to do. Don't think it's gonna go very well. But like there's so much drama and we've been like not off the air, but we, we haven't had a race in like a week. Uh, yeah. or, or like a few days essentially and we already have like maybe an hour's worth of content to talk about so how yeah. on earth are these netflix producers just completely ignoring so much that there's so much stuff to talk about that people actually properly care about so just yeah. it, there's no need to make up storylines whatsoever um uh, keep it raw I guess it's also annoying simple. For the drivers when they see someone like daniel mm. um it's like, well, he gets to show his, he gets to show his authentic self and look how popular he's become and stuff. Mm. But yeah, Lando's getting painted as this kind of picture, and mm. you know, Mick is painted like this, and Sebastian is just not painted at all, kind of thing. You know, if you if Sebastian's like, hey, I don't want to do it, but it's like, hey, okay, you don't have to do it, but maybe you, you can talk about the stuff that you're doing outside of Formula One with, you know, save the bees and your environmental stuff and stuff like that. It's like, hey, if you don't talk about Formula One, but let's you know, mm. we, let's work with you. Yeah. And I think what I would like to see is similar to what you've said about, you know, ramping up and leading up, but also there's so much in Formula One we just don't know about, right? True. We don't know how the FIA works and how FOM works. And this is how, hey, mm. uh, Miami wants to come with a circuit. This is what they have to present. And this is how we grade circuits mm. um, and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, come with us. And this is 
this is how the team essentially comes up with a new concept of a car and interviewing people like Adrian Newey mm. and Dan Fallows um, and stuff like that. It was like, there's just so much to form because we, it's always talked about as an engineering sport as well. And it's a team sport. Can, it is a team yeah, sport. They can talk about the engineers, but you know, not, not saying dumb it down, but like, yeah. Hey, explain some of the stuff that people don't understand. Cause like, you know, you talk about, thermal degradation in tire and wear and stuff like that so i need to drive to survive it's like oh why is that car kind of on its tires and stuff like you don't have to tell us the secrets behind why but we're mm. saying, oh because it doesn't slide as much or it doesn't do x doesn't do y we can do this uh, stuff like that. there's just so much that yeah it would sound like let's fake drama and i think that's what's really mm. annoying it's like that you have a lot there mm. you have a lot there now if they've got their hands tied by teams and fim fom then i you know I understand the kind of working within boundaries, mm. but there is just, so much there. Just for the podcast, on. by FOM, you mean? Formula One management. Yeah, cool. Just so the, the podcast. Yeah. And FIA, so FOM, if you don't know, is a commercial aspect of the sport, which is Liberty Media. And FIA is Federation International Automobile, um, which is and They're like the judges. And they're like, yeah, they're like, these are the rules and stuff yeah. like that. So, cool. Yeah. Um, and so... It's also like, like just from you talking, it would be very interesting to like, you know how the Formula One teams randomly during the season, they're like, oh, by the way, um, uh, like even just two weeks ago, you had um, Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris go off to Imola to drive last season's, no, yeah. season before's car, so the car that won there um, back in 2020, um, and actually do some circuit testing and, and, you know, have time in the car. And they both had about really? a day. Yeah. They won Imola 2020? Uh, 2021, sorry. No, they won Monza. Monza, sorry. Jesus Christ. Sorry, they went to... <laughs> sorry. They went to... The country was right. <laughs> yeah, the country was right. I was just slightly off by about 100 kilometers. Um, but yeah, so so they so they went to Monza and they drove the Monza winning car um, and they both had about a day in the, in the car itself. Um, I believe it was Piastri's birthday. Go and follow that for the day. It's not part of the actual sport, but... Obviously, it's it's part of it in a way because like you're you're seeing the drivers like in a slightly more relaxed environment. They're still driving the car, and you're going like, right? So like, why McLaren? Why are you doing this test? Oh, we're doing it because you know we get we get time in the car, and it doesn't come out of the budget cap because we're doing this for media stuff. So you know, it's great. It's great for the for the lads to get some experience, especially Oscar, who's never raced at this track before or never raced in a Formula One car. Like, just talk about that sort of stuff, and talk about like just the 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 role that everyone plays, like. Also, during this these two testings, we're going to be testing like new um, pit procedures. We're going to be like testing new guns. We're going to be, you know, doing whatever it is. Like this is why we're doing this, and this is how the teams warm up every morning. And like this is like, and I understand that it won't be, you know, for everyone. But, but now you've done you five bloody whole, seasons. You don't even have to make a whole episode about it. No. As well. What I would really like to see is race control and TV direction. Mm. They're like how like, the stewards, how do they know when something happens? What camera angles are they looking at? Mm. You know, what feeds are they getting through? How many you've seen some pictures and there's loads of people there. What do they all do? Mm. Things like that. And then why, why don't like, we have an episode where the FIA or FOM probably meet with Pirelli to discuss how the new tires are going and to discuss the tire tests and what they want out of the tires for the next season or whatever it yeah. is. Because, like, you know, if they're like, like, you know, people don't understand how penalties are handed out and decisions are made, and that's going to. Yeah. Because obviously the FIA um, are getting a lot of hammering at the mm. moment, the red flags. And it's like, well, this is why we make the decisions. This is the information we get, and this is what we do. Because we don't have access to that information, we will just make a, a judgment based on what we see. Yeah. We don't have full information. It's like, oh, the FIA are doing this, they're doing that. And it's like, well, no, if you see all the information that we get, you know, this is why we pulled out a safety cars because the GPS, you know, showed that Lance was here and he was actually here. That's why we do what we do. I reckon it would go so much. It would give them that positive PR that they need. And it was like, they've got a really hard job, right? They've yeah. got a really, really hard job. And so, yeah, it's, there's, I think that's what really annoys me about Drive to Survive. And I think that's what's starting to annoy people who've come in through Drive to Survive and going through the season. It's like, there's a lot here. There's so much potential for a great show. Don't go down the way of keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, bare, bare minimum for me is literally just 
stop like banging on um with these fake storylines. Yeah, that is it. Um and make it chronological. Those are the only two things you have to do. Do those two things and we're good. Like you really don't have to do a lot else. Just carry on doing what you're doing. Don't tell the yeah. fake storylines. You can like like uh, you and just keep it chronological. And th- people would be more happy. That's it. Yeah. And have and Will, Will Buxton is- pop in and say, you, if you win, you win. Great. Cheers, Will. I'll back to F1 TV for you. And then that's it. Brilliant. Yeah. And the thing is, if they do it like that, if they're authentic and they're real, Max will be like, I want to do the season. Well, he I was want- back this season briefly. Yeah. 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 Very but briefly. Like, this is where it's like, you could follow Max and you see all the sim racing he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because like he says, what do you do outside of the track? I go racing. Oh, he's doing Le Mans. Is it 24-hour Le Mans he was doing and he got kicked yeah. off or something? Yeah, because the event organization was pretty bad <laughs> as far as I could as far as I could tell. Yeah. I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but it uh, didn't seem particularly good. Yeah, so th- th- there is a lot there that they could do. And yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, and it's also funny. It's the non-scripted moments, which are like the hilarious, hilarious parts where... What was it yeah. where they they were following Fernando for a little bit, and the guy goes up to Fernando because look at what you caused when you moved to Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't yeah. me. It was Seb. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> look what you did. That was Seb. It wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah, and like people think like Alonso is this hard character. He's you know he's you know disruptive, difficult to work with, but he's never come across like that. You know, so. Yeah, you know, and, and look, look at what he's doing now. He's being his authentic self on TikTok, doing these mm. memes, and people are like, Alonso, 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 you know? I, I, do, I do credit some of his success, actually, to the Aston Martin social media team. They are knocking it out of the park every single week um, yeah. with, with content. Um, and I do, I do give them quite a lot of credit for actually giving, like, Fernando a little bit of a push this year on yeah. social, I think their social media manager's gone to Fernando and gone, "Oh, <laughs> we could have some fun." And he's gone, "Yeah, all right, sure. That sounds like a great idea." <laughs> like, I'm sure that's the stuff that they want to do to the PR, mm. high quality images all the time. Yeah. And you know, oh, it wasn't our race, but we'll be back again. Like you see it all over footballers' Instagram. Yeah, like I mean, if you look like... at, for example, when you know when the McLaren admin sits the boys down and he's and he points camera at them and goes, "Right, talk about the race now," and they're like. Yeah, well, it was really difficult and blah 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 and whatever. But then you've yeah. got the Aston Martin manager filming them stirring a pot and then just going, "Let him cook now, let him cook." <laughs> like it's just so much more entertaining. Like, yeah, I, I, and, and I'm glad that teams are taking it on. Mercedes are doing it now. Where they yeah. took the trophy off George. I, yeah, I do. They were just like whole me- reacting to the memes and stuff yeah. like that. I do and find I'm pretty sure... some of the Mercedes stuff a little bit boomer. A yeah, little bit at points, like Aston Martin are knocking it out of the park every single week. Mercedes are doing pretty well as well. A little bit boomer style, yeah. a little bit. But I, I think the social media manager there or the team there are a little bit older. Um, and I think that because they are so set up, you know, they are eight time world champions and stuff like that, they have their tone. And obviously, Mercedes is like classy. You have to be a bit more respectful. Whereas Aston Martin, like, they, they don't care. I like, just like, yeah, go for it. Like, it's absolutely crazy, fine. It's you'd just... say Aston Martin is a more prestige brand. Than yeah, true. Yeah. But I think that coming from, like, in the, in the world of Formula One, they're, yeah. they're still relatively new. The team's what, two years old, three years old? So, two years old, yeah. So, and also, if you look at the drivers that are popular, Mm. And I, I, if you look at Lando, he does his he does Twitch streaming, right? And you know he's playing games of Max Verstappen. He's reacting to races and saying, "Oh, this is actually what happened," and that is what people love, right? Yeah. That's what, oh right, this is Lando actually saying this and doing his reaction to Drive to Survive and things like that. And I, yeah. and I think that's what people want to see. Don't manufacture things. Yeah. Um, so but, yeah. So- should we move on to the whole season? Like, we'll have a quick season review five. of the season for our yeah. seven listeners. <laughs> seven subscribers, sorry, I do apologise. Uh, yes, we love, we love every single one of you, even though <laughs> four of them are us. Um, so, episode one um, was kicking off, like, pre-season testing. Um, it had the incredible shot um, of the Ferrari circling Sergio Perez at the end of turn one in Bahrain. Um 
absolutely phenomenal filmmaking and editing and that's something that drive to survive has done amazingly well in the past like some of the cinematography and everything especially as a cinematography nerd myself uh some of it is just absolutely amazing um we also talk well they also show off the the Haas driver change as well and like bringing in um they want to deal with russians bringing, every bringing in kevin <laughs> um and uh like the reunion i guess of that relationship and stuff like that that was pretty cool as well um and yeah it's it's sort of just like resetting and like like setting everyone up for the for the rest of the season um and guess what there were no chronological episode issues with that at all great episode can't knock it yeah no um yeah gunther is is great and they also um humanize matia a bit more you know him and gunther in the car at the start yeah talking about it and the winery and things like that it's like i think people forget outside of the car and outside the circuits they they are real people yeah yeah gunther does his hiking and things like that and sharing that side of them is like oh they they're not just someone who just talks on the on a camera kind mm. of thing. It's yeah, it really like does humanise them for sure. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm sure that a lot of people would have been sat there going, "Hmm, I wouldn't mind going and you know growing some wine with Mattia." Like, yeah. But then, I mean, and then obviously you get the complete opposite end where, like, is it Jerry Horner gets more screen time than Sebastian yeah. Vettel? It's like, yeah, we're showing Christian Horner's life and stuff like that. <laughs> But, um, I, I do I, think part of it is obviously probably Seb just wanting to be very private. Yeah, yeah, um, he's just like I mean, he didn't join it. <laughs> so just like Seb, Seb is on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't on Instagram for a while, and uh, and when he does post, it's like his history as a kid. Mm. And stuff. But I, I mean, as I mentioned before, you know, one of the standout moments of the season, um, I can't, I think it's episode three, where the team principals have a meeting like porpoising. Yes. And I'm sure, like, obviously they know the cameras are there, but that's what we want to see. It's okay. Mm, when you get the yeah. principal, what are you talking about? It was in Canada, like, wasn't it? It was the, it was the Canadian Grand Prix. And they're talking about bringing in a regulation about like too much porpoising. Um, and yeah. it was Christian going, change your fucking car. Like, and it was like, no, no you change your car. Change Cause Checo is saying, <laughs> <laughs> let's bring the drivers in. Go on, let's yeah. Bring let's- you bring them in. Go on. I dare you. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant. That's, that's and, and it's sort of stuff, stuff like that. that. Like, oh, right. So this is, you know, the stuff that is discussed in a, a team. And like, you don't have to show it because I'm sure there's like, look, we want to talk about things that we don't want on camera. But you can just, right, when the team principals get together, this is when it happens. This is what they mm. discussed. These are the outcomes. This is what they relate to each other and race control and yeah. things like that. But I yeah, think, I think episode two was pretty good, actually, in sort of showing the the Mercedes trouble and asking the question: Do you think that Lewis will retire at the end of the year? Like, especially, and I think they covered like George saying like, "Oh, like the travels quite a lot this year, isn't it?" or something like that. There was a comment; it might not have been that from that episode specifically, but like the travel obviously being a lot, and like, is this something that Lewis still wants to do? And it raised that question, obviously, in a car which you know isn't great. Um, and I think that was a pretty good sort of narrative to have. But again, it could have been a narrative that was spread over a few different episodes. It could have, you know, gotten yeah. the real low in Barcelona where like he was like, oh, you know, I think we should I think we should just, you know, retire the car and like save the engine type thing. That wasn't mentioned in the entire series as far as I can remember. But why why couldn't you have used that? That shows that an athlete is just very nearly just gave up. Yeah, and you had the great uh, battles at the start with Max and Charles, mm. which just wasn't touched on, because in episode no. two, they kind of just jumped to Azerbaijan and yeah. Silverstone. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, well, 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 we're going like why, halfway through. Why do we need three episodes on Silverstone? Yeah, and they and one of the things that was really annoying is they didn't really touch, well, I mean, not oh, touch is probably the wrong word. Like, obviously, they showed Drew's qu- crash. Mm. But they're not talking about like this is how he was saved and this is why the car flipped in the way it did and yeah, yeah that, like that. that would have been a really good thing to have yeah. somebody analyze it specifically and be like right okay so here's yeah. what happened like you know when sky go through and explain like right so what happened is he tried to get through the gap between these two cars 
and yeah. then his front wheel clipped this or whatever. I can't remember specifically which wheel clipped what or whatever happened, but that would have been pretty pretty interesting. And then they could have gone. And so when he actually rolled over and he's spinning round like a yeah. spinning top on his on his head, the reason yeah. why he's able to survive is because of the halo, and the halo is doing this, this, and this. And like this was designed to withstand three times the weight of a Formula One car. And like when he flipped up, this is the reason why we have the catch fencing because that fence is built to withstand 800 kilos of uh, Newton meters of force or whatever it is. Like and explain it properly as to how you kept the fans safe as well. Like that would have been really, really interesting to actually discover. And then you could have sat down with George and you could have had George like replay the events in his head or or like speak about them and explain his process because obviously he got out of the car to try and help Zoo. Yeah. So like you could there's so many ways that you could have tackled that. You can speak with the stewards and say, All right, this has happened. What are you trained to do? What do you do? You could speak with the FI and medical staff. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. when this crash happens, we have this uh, set procedure. We bring him in, we airlift him to there, we run mm. these tests and, and everything like that. And, you know, he was safe because of his helmet and the roll hoop. And, you know, mm. although it looked kind of crazy, the gravel trap, you know, flipped him. Um, it actually slowed him down. And the catch fence, you know, although it was very dangerous for the spectators, saved him from, you know, a car just smashing into them. Kind yeah, of thing, exactly. Know? Yeah. So the, again, it's just like that's the interesting part, you know. That's the and they just just it's missed opportunities. It's yeah. missed opportunities. And like you said, back to Silverstone for the third time, and you know Silverstone in episode two, and so like, oh, hang on, you know, <laughs> hang on. Yeah, this down. is like halfway through the season. Why on earth are we doing Silverstone right now? Like, yeah, yeah. It just it also like, it, but like you could even go into like, um, like like you said, like. You could go to the. I, I don't know what helmet Zoo uses, by the way, but it, you could Bell or whatever it is. You could go and be like, right, this is what makes up an actual helmet. Like, and it doesn't have to be like a thirty-minute segment. It can be like yeah, it doesn't thirty have to be seconds, and it can be like right. So we force it with this, and so yeah. that it can withstand this impact. Bam! You see his head hit this hit the side of the car as he's being flipped over, and like we designed it so that this wouldn't happen, so it wouldn't shatter. And then you see the car roll over, and then it hits on the top, and then you and then the FIA come in and go right. So we need the the hoop to be introduced in twenty, whenever it was introduced, current twenty. When was the Halo introduced? I believe it's 2018. Yeah. Whatever it was, but they like as soon as it hits over, they, bam! You can add in a sound effect. It's just like the Halo saved his life, and it was intru- like and like give a little bit of information around that, and like that would be right. pretty interesting. Also, would yep. be pretty interesting as well because the week before Silverstone is you could have the build up. You could talk about festival uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed. You could have potentially a, f- a few minutes on Lando driving Senna's um, McLaren at Festival of Speed. You could have George, who was also at Festival of Speed as well. You could talk about the build-up. You could be like, how are you feeling about it? That sort of thing. Like, There are so, so many missed opportunities that they just don't seem to, to cover whatsoever. Yeah, because remember when the Roman had his crash mm. and then Sky Sports, like Martin Brundle sat down and was like, talk us through every single step of that crash mm. and you know they could do something similar but yeah it's a it's a little bit frustrating mm. there was also there was a can you imagine how cold this would have been right there was a quote um uh, of um uh i can't remember i'm probably gonna mispronounce his name but bird mylander um, no, you said that right. Yeah, did I? Okay. He is the safety car driver for Formula One, or was um, during the Abu Dhabi incident. Mm-hmm. And there was a quote that came out from him where he got out of the car at the end of the at the end of the infamous lap, and walked through the garage and sat at the back of the garage and said to himself, "What the hell have I just witnessed? Can you imagine how cold it would have been?" To have have him sat at the back of the garage and that like in a like in the dark somewhere almost, with holding his helmet, just sat hunched over on the ground, like like just shaking his head or something like that. As you hear the commentary come over the top, being like, "And he's won it, Max Verstappen is champion of the world." In these like circumstances, like this, uh, like this will be reviewed, like blah blah blah, and like having all of those controversial like echoing through like the head. He's just sat there going, "What the fuck just happened?" Can you yeah. imagine how cold some of those scenes would have, would have, could have actually been? 
Like well, I, I'm like not saying said, that the footage exists, and there's no way that the producers could have, you know. But you could Netflix. Yeah, you, but you, you could, could have, have you recreated could it. down, and you could um, talk to him, and yeah. you could have. It's like you said, like one of the defining images was Sergio Perez walking and the two Ferraris going around it. Mm, right? Yeah, and you're thinking, wow, is this for the season? And then, you know, you look at the end of the season, and it's just Max, it's mm, just just, just dominating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely dominating. So, um, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, like if you want to tell a story, that's great. Tell a story in the cinematic way, like you're saying. But tell tell the right story. Mm. You know, don't. There's no need to make it up. But I thought um, Yuki's episode was quite good. You, you talked about yes. like following someone. Following Yuki was mm. again these these. You, I look at a driver. I think there must be like peak physical fitness driven. <laughs> you can say, don't I don't like It ruins <laughs> my whole day. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, and even Alonso is saying, you know, you have the hero and you have the anti-hero, mm. you know, and he's like, he's well aware that people think he's the anti-hero. He's like, and he's oh, like, I don't care, anti-hero. I'll own that. Yeah. Exactly. And now people are like, Alonso got to get his 33rd win. Yeah. When, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I think my, my favorite season was, I believe, season two, I think. What was it? Was, it, might, it was the episode where they followed Mercedes at the German Grand Prix. I think ah. that season overall was was quite good. But while it's it's good, it's it's a, it's an overall it's an okay show. Shows behind the scenes. Um, it's it's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, oh, will I watch True. it? Of course, I watch. It. I'm a Formula One fan. Just get those little bit nuggets of information. Find the memes. But I do hope that they try to be more accurate in the future. Let's hope so. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any guarantee um, whatsoever. But like I said, let's hope so because you you never know. Yeah. Any uh, standout moments for you in the season or um, previous seasons? I I felt like obviously the goodbye to Daniel was was quite nice because obviously he was he was their poster boy like all the yeah. way from season one and that's absolutely fine and obviously he featured very heavily. Um, I did quite like seeing the reaction of Mick and his mum and his sister when he scored his first points at Silverstone. That was that was pretty good. Um, very wholesome moment, even though obviously he lost the seat to uh, Hülkenberg. Um, but it was still nice to see. Um, I also thought that that uh, the the transition of Christian Horner going shooting and then shooting the clay pigeon and then the the firework. At, yeah. um, Bahrain is arguably one of the most beautiful and disgusting <laughs> transitions I have ever seen in my entire life and every time it pops up on TikTok or Instagram or whatever I will watch it two or three times because it is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal, it just is um, and like I, said, like I said some of the cinematography and stuff like that beautiful, you you can't knock it, like it's in 4K it's in slow motion, it's the sun is, per- like the lighting is perfect and you yeah. just have like the like the reflections glinting off of the windows of, uh, like of these cars going through the pit lane or like something like that like it's just it is very very captivating for sure um i don't know if i have like any like specific episodes or anything like that that i'm like oh yeah this was a good episode or anything but i think as a whole it is something that i will watch every single time and i think if they were to let's say for example they announced tomorrow season six will be the last season of drive survive i think a lot of people would be happy but i think a lot of people after a season or two would actually really miss it um and it's one of those things where it's just like we everyone loves to hate it a bit you know um yeah. everyone loves to be like oh it's actually you yeah, know this is absolutely rubbish like how how could they but also we're gonna watch it anyway um, we're gonna we, we we're trashed gonna... it and i'll watch it next season. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it next season yeah i mean admittedly i don't i don't pay for netflix anymore um because i i don't use it enough i just used to re-watch brooklyn 99 and watch drive to survive when that came out and that was it um yeah. but i will get a i will pay for a month and definitely not create a new email the next time that the drive to survive comes out because it's something that i will try and watch and it's something that is essential viewing for anyone who has a formula one podcast but also is anyone anyone who is like a decent formula one fan will watch it because there is extra bonus content in there for, yeah, for sure it, it's that behind the scenes that you know people are clamoring for that mm. oh, right that's a team principal meeting and that's a yeah. debrief and that's fitness tests and stuff mm. and yeah 
But I think what it's done also is if you've noticed now, a lot of the um, YouTube channels for the teams have now saying, hey, let's have a you know factory tour. And Mercedes are really good at this. And you know, this is how this is done. This, mm. is how this is done. This is how this is done. Um, Aston Martin are doing Ooh. it as well. And I think that's Drive to Survive has opened that up. Say, oh, people are interested here. Mm. We can do it through our own YouTube. That, uh, that reminds me, actually. I saw on LinkedIn today, because I am a very good professional person um and essentially i saw that red bull were advertising factory tours i got curious i clicked the link how much do you think a red bull factory tour costs per person like for for one ticket it doesn't change the amount if you book for 10 people you have to have minimum six apparently if you want to have some sort of factory tour but on a public date anyone can buy a ticket besides probably toto how much do you think (laughs) the ticket would be a uh, hundred pound. You think it was a hundred pounds yeah. for a for a full factory tour? I think anything more, it's oof, all right. But I also know it's Formula One and things are overpriced. Yeah. All right. So rethink your guess. How much do you think a factory tour at Red Bull in Milton Keynes costs? Okay. Three hundred fifty pounds. Three hundred pounds. Oh. So on, I think it was May fifth. Uh, hold on. Let me. Uh, let me quickly Google it. Um, but they have it on their experiences. You can anyone can can do this and go and have a look. Um, they have dates on, so they have a new date on the Friday the fifth of May just launched. Um, but they have availability on the sixth of October, tenth of November, and fourth of December. You can book. Anyone can book. Like I said, apart from probably Toto. Uh, there are no refunds, um, obviously, because why would there be? Um, but it's it's three hundred pounds. You select the date, um, and they they do admittedly they do different um, uh, events and stuff like that. So they do like um, there's something called the MK7 experience where you go and have a look at all of the winning cars and stuff like that. It's pretty pretty interesting actually, um, and it it it's like an hour and a half tour. But like I said, factory tour for Red Bull, which takes uh, two hours. Um and um yeah, you can turn up and have have a quick look and you actually get you get the MK seven uh, event thing which I just talked about included. Um but yeah it shows it shows all of the like workings of the Formula One team and stuff like that, like absolutely brilliant. And and I think that one thing that Drive to Survive has actually done, coming back to the original topic, one thing that Drive to Survive has really done is it's made some of these some of these teams really think about their digital channels and what they do on YouTube and stuff like that, um, yeah, and the digital definitely. content that they're cre- actually creating um, in a social media driven world, essentially. Um, and I think it's a good thing. I think overall, Formula One is a uh, Formula One Drive to Survive overall is a good thing for me personally. Yeah. No. I agree. Um, and also, I, mean, I had a look. A lot of those uh, dates are sold out as well. Yeah, a lot of them are sold like out. People yeah. are buying those tickets. People, are, people would, people are going three hundred quid to go and have a have a tour around Red Bull. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's that sounds like a good deal, and mate. If you've got the cash, spend it. So. I, honestly, if if you if you really wanted to go on a factory tour, how much money are you paying? Like how much are you going? Yep, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll pay two hundred quid for I, that. I would pay. I mean, it depends on what you see, and so I'd pay. I'd pay one hundred and fifty pounds. So I'd pay one hundred and twenty quid. Personally, yeah. I think one hundred and twenty quid for a for a. I could be pushed to one hundred and thirty, but one hundred and twenty quid. Um, yeah. You get so you get a tour of the um, spaces with the race cars throughout the history. You then visit different departments and is designed to present the inner workings of the machine, taking in the various developmental stages all the way to the point where thousands of components are brought together in our race bays to create the latest Red Bull racing car. Depending on the date and timing of your visit, there may be engine, uh, there may be engineers in the operations viewing area, important parts being created in machine shop or race cars on the floor, either being stripped after the previous race or prepped for the next. You could also see where the race crew use our mock-up of the pit box and a mule vehicle for pit stop practice. So they do get pretty in-depth, to be fair. Um, it might be nice, actually, to maybe even ask somebody who's been on one of these tours to yep. to actually tell us about what they saw, what their experience was like. Um, that is, unless you know you've got Adrian Newey at the doors to get everyone to sign an NDA. 
um <laughs> but uh probably not so no you know. i think that, that kind of thing being public they would yeah i think what they're showing is like yeah we're happy for i mean yeah. and again a lot of the cars there they probably take off things that could be yeah it's, you know, it's like hmm your name sounds familiar. Do you work at the uh, Ferrari Aerodynamics? Oh, I'm sure that they do like an in-depth like like check of anyone who comes through and they see like, oh, he signed up with a Ferrari email address. Like, <laughs> just... they're not going to let you in type thing. Um, yeah, but, no, uh, I just, like, yeah, it's, we'll it's a to... factory tour. It's just like, and you're probably not even, like, if, if they don't want to show you something, they won't show you something. So yeah, it's all carefully controlled. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, um, yeah well, I mean, yeah, yeah it'd be nice. I'll be nice. Maybe, maybe one day. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, there we go. That's that's. I guess drive to drive to survive. Pretty much all wrapped up. Yeah. Was there was there anything else you'd like to discuss this week? I think, obviously, we still have a couple of weeks until the next race, so we still have to do our like um, made up dream track, dream, dream, track, yeah. dream track slash event slash GP. Still have to do that. It would be nice to discuss the Massa um, stuff, especially now that it's not died down a little bit, but it's had a bit more time for details to emerge, which would be which would be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. And then also the Max Verstappen um, documentary as well. I will try and see if I can watch it over the next couple of days because why not? Um, yeah, it could you, be interesting for sure. Let me know what it's like. I think the own. I mean, this is really really big news actually. Um, game changing in the Formula One world. Oh God! Um, Valtteri Bottas is releasing a beer. That it? Why didn't we start with that? Like we would have just <laughs> sort of centered the entire podcast around that. <laughs> you could have told me. I don't even drink beer. I'm now interested in drinking beer. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think the the picture is him with the sunglasses and the mullet. So he's got nice. a gin as well, hasn't he? He's got a gin. Yes, so. he does have a gin. Yeah. Yeah, so he's. I think he's got a beer coming out soon, so that's going to be interesting. Valtteri Bottas. Should be good. Cool. Um, no, yeah, I think overall, Drive to Survive, as manufactured and as annoying it can be at times, is good for the sport. Mm. Uh, it's brought eyes, it's brought behind the scenes, and like you said, it's brought a new way for teams to interact and show parts of the you know, F1 circus to fans and followers. Yeah. Cool. Wouldn't be the same Formula One without it. No. And I think the main thing it's brought is memes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some of the memes. It's just a a topic of conversation as well. And it's like, it's the mark of a new season as well. Because obviously it releases like just before testing. So it is like the mark mark of a new season. Yeah, it's the hype for the new season. But yeah. But no, all good. Thank you so much for listening once again. And we shall see you next week. Yes, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers, everyone. Goodbye.